What's up, everybody? Um, we are starting off um, here with the live Q&A show. Hello, hello to all who are with us live so far. Dr. Rogers getting ready in the... Uh, we call it the green green room. It's kind of funny to say that um, within StreamYard. Um, good evening, D. Lynn. Uh, Keto Bandito, great to see you. I see your questions there. Looking forward to getting to those. Uh, thank you for for hanging out. Uh, if you're with us live, um, say what's up. And uh, as always, we have uh, questions that came in throughout the week. Um, if you, hello, Barbara. Hello, Nola. How's it going? Great to see you guys. Um, if you, you know, as always, the way we do it, if you if you have a question for Dr. Rogers, we take them throughout the week. You can email me, uh, Ben at performancemedicine.net uh, or info at performancemedicine.net. All you got to do is uh, put question in the subject line or a Q&A question that kind of uh, gets me to, uh, catches my eye. Uh, Rachel, congratulations, Rachel. Uh, I, I love I love your new name. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so happy for you. Rachel got married on Saturday. And uh, from what I hear, it was, it was gorgeous. Uh, so congratulations to you and Robbie. Uh, Carol, what's up? Jeff, what's going on, man? I got to get you on the on the tennis court or the uh, pickleball court, which is my uh, my new sport, Dr. Rogers' new sport, um, apparently. Uh, so so we'll see. Uh, Debbie, what's going on? Andy, how you doing? Uh, great to see all of you. Carol uh, B. Parker on on uh, YouTube. Great to see you. Um, all right, let's bring Dr. Rogers in. What's going on, man? Hey, Ben. Nothing much. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned pickleball. Because, um, <laughs> as you know, I just got through a week at the beach playing a lot of pickleball. So I wanted to quiz you down and maybe the members of the audience that are in there about pickleball. I've got, I've got two <laughs> things here. All right. You see this racket here? Yeah. Right there. And you see this racket. Which one is a pickleball racket and which one <laughs> is not? Can you guess? That's that's not a hard question, guys. Um, you're the only one that can answer. I, I know, Linda can, uh, who, yeah. I know well, Linda can answer it. I know Linda can can answer that. I'm sure most in here can. Uh, one is a bug is a bug killer, correct? Yeah, that's right. This one's a bug killer. It's a zapper. <laughs> I kill mosquitoes, and actually, mosquitoes are gone now because of the cold weather. But I actually killed a huge bug in my living room last night with it. It was flying around and. Actually, looked like it had stingers on it, but no. This is my new racket, my new pickleball racket. I bought it used from uh, <laughs> a guy named Steve Lusk, and uh, he gripped it and everything. So, hadn't gotten to play with it much, but I'm looking forward to it. You know, you know? Um, a couple of my buddies and and Jeff would 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 know this as well. Um, there is a huge um, discrepancy in in the quality of of paddles in um in pickleball and it's quite uh it's quite drastic um so you know the the price ranges are pretty wide and uh and from what i hear uh, the paddle makes a, a big difference so uh so I'm, I'm glad you finally got a a a real a real racket yeah. apparently i was playing with a wooden racket that's like what i used to play with as a kid in tennis you know <laughs> I'm a tennis player, so now I have a graphite that the ball comes off so much more smoothly. 
<laughs> so I highly suggest a pickleball. Listen to my podcast from today because I talk about pickleball a lot. Yep. And prevention of uh, dementia. So, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, you made the comparison. Um, I'm sure a lot of people in here have heard uh, ping pong being a a great sport to play for prevention of Alzheimer's. Uh, it's good for your for your brain. Um, and and you mentioned pickleball is kind of uh, very similar to that. And you know you add the element of of exercise. You're moving. Uh, and the scoring is hard, man. If anybody's, if anybody's, uh, played scoring is not easy. Um, Scoring's hard. Yeah. That's the hardest part of the game. It's like big person ping pong. We actually move and it's a cool game. You yeah. Know? Uh, it's the most, I guess, fastest growing sport in America is pickleball. Who would ever guess it? I have to put this up here because Katie's our operations manager and she deals, uh, with, with our, uh, back and forth banter uh, all day, including you know most of Dr. Rogers' banter, which he'll get off track um, pretty easily with the well, <laughs> with the pickleball stuff. So uh, it's been a long day. I need to learn to relax. Okay, <laughs> we'll get to the questions. Okay, uh, Katie, thank you for being here. Uh, let's see here, Evangelon, what's going on? Uh, Carolyn, great to see you. Nancy from Big Stone Gap, love Big Stone Gap. Jack on YouTube, what's up? Um, and let's see, Molly. Hello, Molly. Great to see you. Um, Brandy, of course, uh, is with us, which I, I, I'm hoping Brandy has a good question for us. Um, she said has she has question. a zapper as well. Um, oh. a, a mini zapper would be kind of cool. I have one to, to, to bring around with you everywhere. Um, well, we're just so happy that you guys are, are hanging out with us tonight. Um, we do this show every, every Tuesday at seven. We'd like to to interact with you. We've got great questions coming up. Um, and if you have a question that you want answered live, uh, you can put those in the comments. I see Evangelon and uh, Keto and Bandito have a few questions. We're going to get to those. Um, you can put those in um, anytime uh, during our show. Uh, but I want to start off um, with a question we got uh, last week. Um, and I'm not going to put it up here. Um, because I actually forgot to put it in the, uh, in our, uh, question, uh, bank there, but it's on theamine, uh, let's see if I could tetrahydrofurfural disulfide, TTFD. Um, and the question was, do you think it could be more effective, uh, supplemental treatment for POTS or Parkinson's, uh, than the other forms of theamine? Um, can you, can you just talk a little bit about theamine first and then, um, I'll talk about it if you'll quit pronouncing it wrong. Okay. It's thiamine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's thiamine, which is vitamin B1. Mark, hey, Mark. Mark what's but, going uh, on, man? Uh, <laughs> is it really thiamine? Uh, yeah, it's thiamine, vitamin B1. I think I, I think I did, uh, even before, before our show tonight, uh, we talked about thiamine and I think I was saying theamine, theamine that, uh, during okay. that conversation as well. Thiamine, thiamine, everybody. Thiamine. I guess uh, that's way that's the way I've always pronounced it. Riff a little bit on that, Doctor Rogers, and and we'll we'll get to some of the questions that came in this um, week. You know, we talked about vitamin B one, thiamine, how important it is for your brain, and you know, it's it's really been good for recovery from long covids. But benfotamine is what we usually recommend. This new form that um, I'd never heard of it, quite honestly, but um, I did look it up, and um, apparently, it, it's even more bioavailable than. Um, 
but um, apparently it crosses a blood-brain barrier better and enhances its action. So um, I don't know where you can get it, but um, it's certainly, um, if you do take uh, thyme, and those are the two best forms to take, um, I'll try to find out where uh, you can get the other, but um, it's great, you know, for pots and maybe Parkinson's. We're seeing a lot of long COVID pots and Parkinson's. And um, I did see a, 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 a there, there was kind of a uh, weird uh, vaccine reaction I saw yesterday in, in the office. And it was, I won't get too descriptive, but um, a couple hours after the jab, uh, this new patient experienced severe pain in the ear and then uh, it ran down into the neck area and just kept getting worse and worse. I actually went to hospital urgent care with it and they couldn't find anything. They put them on steroids. didn't help. Subsequently, it's been about two months later and she's still having major loss of hearing in that ear and still pain and uh, tinnitus, which is ring in the ears it's just really bothersome she's been to ent and maybe neuro and you know it's a it's a bad problem but that what that was i've heard of it before but she's lost over half her hearing in that one ear and uh just constant ringing noise in that ear after the jab um so just kind of an interesting thing but um yeah you know we're seeing a lot of long covid without a doubt. And I assume we're going to see more neurologic problems and sequelae down the road from, from COVID. And uh, we're just hoping that we can um, get people on some things that will help them like NAC and uh, pro-resolving mediators and uh, as well as like uh, thiamine and some of the other things that, that can help them. And uh, the ice cream word, I always put them on that. So I'll be interested to see how that works for her, but um so um, you are saying that that this form of thiamine is isn't necessarily a bad idea for for no. pots or, or long coven. No, we just got to work even out, better. We just got to figure out where to where to yeah. find it. Um, okay, let's get into the questions that came in throughout the week. Um, let's see, we had this one come in uh, over email. Thank you for that. Um, I've taken phenamine in years past, and it worked. Is there any supplements that would be close to having the same effect? You know, phenamine is something we use. We use a lot of it's. It's a, for the most part, safe um, appetite suppressant. Uh, it's a stimulant. Um, you can't take it if you had coronary artery disease, heart disease, or uncontrolled hypertension. Uh, but if you even if you're on a blood pressure medicine, it's controlled. You can still use it. Um, but yeah, it works really well. You know, it just you get tolerant to, to it after a few months. So if you take it, you need to give it a break and realize it's just a temporary appetite suppressant. You need to solve the problem in the meantime, like look at all your, what you're eating, what your metabolism is like, your hormones. But um, yeah, supplements that there's nothing quite that stimulatory. Of course, the stimulants like Adderall and Vyvanse. Vyvanse has actually been approved by the FDA for adult binge eating disorder, which is the number one eating disorder in adults. So um, we actually use it for that. By binge eating disorder, I mean that if you can't quit eating, like, you know, you're going to eat the whole carton of ice cream or the whole 
bag of chips and uh, it's pretty common. You just can't stop. Uh, but there, there's some other supplements, herbal supplements that, that we use like uh, anti-adipocyte formula, saffron. I like that one. Um, and there's, um, gosh, there's a few others that we use that, that may suppress your appetite a little bit. Of course, I love, um, uh, Ozempic and Wegovy, um, that are once a week shots that really work well. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there, um, that works. Some of the, some of the other stuff doesn't work so well, but, um, but yeah, come see us. We'll look at your metabolism and we do use a lot of phenamine short term while we work up the problem. Good question. All right. Thank you for that question. Um, I, I really like this question because, uh, you have mentioned, um, athletic greens lately and, uh, it's a two part question. I couldn't fit the whole awesome. thing and, uh, in the number of words it allows me. Um, I believe I heard Dr. Raj mention athletic greens in a previous live. I'd ordered some before, uh, that and just received them today. Um, here's the question. How do you feel about them? And does this replace all vitamins I'm currently taking or do I continue with them along with the athletic greens? I currently take D with K CoQ10 and B complex. Yeah. Keep taking those vitamins and I hope you like the athletic greens. They're not cheap, are they? But I really like them. You know, you can get the mighty dozen, uh, which is a, also a drink. You can see it, you can get it fresh market or some of those other upscale, um, grocery stores, but I love the athletic greens. It's, it's wonderful. So, but you still need your D CoQ10 and the bees without doubt. Keep taking them. Um, athletic greens is like, it's veg is like a vegetable supplement. Is that the way yeah, it's got all kinds of great, you know, like kale and it tastes good app. It's got all kinds of great stuff. Kind of like the mighty dozen except more and it tastes decent. Mm -hmm. you know, so, um, uh, I, I love Correct. that question. Let so, me know how you like them. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's go, go to this one. This one is in, uh, regards to, uh, black seed oil. And um, what the question is, some doctors are now recommending this supplement being black seed oil as a COVID preventative in combination with, I, I love the, uh, the term here, ice cream. Uh, <laughs> Does it, everybody know what we're talking about? <laughs> I think it's so. the infamous I word that we can't say too much because we don't want to stay on the air, um, <laughs> which uh, has been an interesting take this week. I think it was a Nebraska attorney general um, force their state to let doctors use this life-saving drug, which is a human drug, not a, not a horse dewormer as the FDA has characterized it. Unfortunately, it's not a joke. It's actually a medicine that we've used millions, probably billions of doses over many years that won the Nobel Prize. So for them to demean a drug like that and is repurposed for the treatment of COVID, which there's many studies that say it works by myself. Of course, I've been taking it prophylactically for a year. Um, so but anyway, so um, his argument was, you know, the doctor should make the choice as to whether or not you, they can prescribe this or not, not, not some hospital administrator or congressman. So, um, you know, it's just uh, uh, really, um, demeaning to the practice of medicine, what they're trying to do. 
and the head honcho who you see on TV all the time, who's never treated a COVID patient in his life, probably never even treated a real patient over his 50 year career. Um, uh, you know, he, he says, don't use it. I mean, come on, uh, <laughs> open your eyes and, you know, treat early. But anyway, I don't want to get off on that too much, but, um, but yeah, black seed oil, I've, I've heard the same thing. I don't have a lot of experience with it, but, um, certainly going to look into it. I just had read the same report, uh, when I was on vacation and, um, yeah. The, so, so the other part of it is, can you speak about its property slash usefulness and a particular supplement you, and is it a particular supplement you recommend that's in reference to black seed oil? Uh, it sounds like you don't have a lot of experience with it. No, let, let's revisit that question next week when I okay. find out a little bit more about it. Okay. okay? I'm, uh, I don't want to say anything that it's not entirely true uh, with some experience behind it. And, uh, so I'll go over the reports and, and I, I'll probably talk to some people who've used it. But um, so we'll see. All right. Well, uh, stay tuned for, for that, guys. Thank you for that question. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to do some uh, investigating and then we will uh, talk more about black seed oil. Um, okay. Next question is, I have normal blood pressure at home, but when I go to my doctor, it runs high. Uh, is this white coat syndrome? As soon as I see the nurse bring the cuff out, my heart starts to race. And then it asks, uh, or they asked, any suggestions on what I could do before I go to keep this from happening? Um, I'll never forget, I went to the dentist one time and they, they took my blood pressure and it was sky high. And uh, I had to go and uh, Roseanne, who's uh, our medical assistant in, uh, in the Knoxville office, I had to get her to check my blood pressure again and it was normal. Uh, so I definitely had the, the white coat syndrome. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I saw a patient like that today, new patient and pressure's kind of high. And, uh, she told me she had white coat and I believed her every time she goes to her regular doctor, it's high. And then they just recheck it when they, after the visit and that's what I'll do recheck it before they leave. And then I'll tell them to all get their own cuff and see what it is at home. Some people just get real nervous and anxiety. Of course, deep breathing, meditation, listen to music, um, and of course exercise. And, um, so I see that all the time. I wish you, you could get a hold of a 24 hour blood pressure monitor. That'd be the best way to do it, but they're hard to come by. But yeah, I mean, if it's normal most of the time and you just get nervous a lot, you know, there's other things you can take, supplements. Um, you know, I mentioned saffron. I like saffron. I like L-theanine with lemon balm. That's our stress relief formula that I, I love. I mean, I take one of those about an hour before I get on an airplane. I'm good. But um, it's totally, it's not going to make you drowsy or anything. So I really do like um, the L-theanine in particular. Um, so I just learned to recognize the problem and, and take a two breath, a few deep breaths and sit there for a while before, uh, they come see you. Deep breathing is amazing. You can slow your heart rate down just by taking a few deep breaths, uh, in through your nose, out through your mouth, you know, five seconds in, five seconds out, and you can really calm yourself down. And uh, so don't freak out about that too much. You know, what, what's interesting is, you know, I, I didn't put this together until you were talking um, about this. Um, I can see how this, how white coat syndrome could uh, cause a lot of people to get on unnecessary medication. 
And, and, and that's probably what this question is, is yeah. getting to, um, is, you know, should they start on a blood pressure medication? Um, and other, other supplements that I like for blood pressure, borderline hypertension are aged garlic. I like beetroot, um, hawthorns pretty good for it. Um, but, uh, you know, so those are all good and, vasodilators. So. And definitely on the YouTube channel, there is, I think there's a couple of different videos on, on blood pressure in particular. Um, definitely. Cause you've talked about how, uh, having a cuff at home is, is a, is an important thing. So I would encourage you guys to check that out. Yeah. You, you want your pressure about, you want it below 120 on the top systolic. You want it below 80 on the bottom the diastolic. Um, if it's 140 over 90, it's too high. All right. Thank you uh, for that question. Let's see here. Uh, I like this question. Um, please explain in easy to understand terms the difference between integrative medicine and functional medicine. Um, I'll make it easy. There's no difference. Um, some people put it integrative slash functional. It's really the same thing. It's it's a type, a branch of medicine that tries to find out the root cause of your problem. It's more functional. Um, you know, you're getting your body to function right. And integrative means you're, you're kind of integrating all the modalities like traditional and alternative, which, which really is kind of me. I don't want to ignore great stuff, you know, medicines and all the advances, but I don't want to ignore other things that work too, like herbs and um, other things like massage therapy, chiropractic, acupuncture, um, meditation, those things. Um, so, um, so they're basically the same thing that, you know, would you say that integrative together. is more leans more towards traditional and functional, maybe more towards alternative, um, or no, I don't think so. I don't take it that way. Okay. I guess everybody will have their own definition, but, um, they're kind of the same thing in my opinion. So basically trying to, trying to get to the root of the problem for both. And, and they're both preventative yep. and they focus on, um, how your body works and what makes it work and what makes it dysfunctional. Uh, which a lot of times is food and lack of exercise and sleep and stress, um, those type of things. Good question, though. That is right. a good question. Um, I, I don't know that we've got that that type of question on the show. I like that. Um, okay, this came over on Instagram. Uh, thank you to all the Instagrammers out there. Uh, antibodies came back positive after one year. What are the number ranges and what do they mean? Well, um, congratulations. That's great. You're still positive after a year. That means um, that you still have those um, those antibodies that can be measured, the B cell antibodies. Um, the T cells aren't easily measured. You have to have some special tests for that. But, um, but the numbers can, I saw one today that was one. They're one I think 1.5, which is the lowest, but zero means you don't have any of those detectable one means you just barely have them uh you know a month or so after covid you're going to have i had one guy came back three thousand so the higher the better um 
you know, the, the jab is not going to give you antibodies that you can measure. So, uh, but the important thing is after you have COVID, the, the T cell, the memory T cells that kind of hide out in your bone marrow and they, they respond when you're challenged with another, uh, uh coronavirus and, um, they're actually better for the mutant strains as well. Um, if you have that natural immunity that, that only having COVID can give you. The other stuff doesn't work too well. It just works against the spike protein. There's four other parts to that virus that uh, your body will remember if you've had COVID. So again, natural immunity is the best. Um, so. Um, All right. Uh, thank you for, for that question. Um, let's get to, okay, this is a, it seems like a, a vaccine question. 22 year old daughter is going to have to get the vaccine for clinicals. I'm assuming, uh, she's a healthcare worker. Um, which, which should she get? Um, so the situation is they have to get it. Um, which one are you, which one are you kind of bullish on? Uh, at the uh, I'm, I'm not bullish on them, but I, I would uh, probably do the, the Pfizer just cause it's, it's a lot less potent than the Moderna and certainly on the J and J they've taken that off and put it back on. And it's just a little more risky, I think, especially for 22 year old women for sure. Then avoid the J and J at all cost, even though it's a one-time vaccine, which I originally thought would be the better one to get, but I'm changing my mind on that. So um, I just keep hoping they'll come up with a decent one, but so far they haven't. All right, let's get to, we got one more question here. And uh, guys, if you have a question for Dr. Rogers, go ahead and put that in the comments. I'm going to get to those uh, here in a second. We always spend the last half of the show taking live questions. Um, and this que the last question that came in throughout the week is, can you suggest some supplements to help me lower my systolic number? I'm not on any medications at all. Yeah, my, number one would be aged garlic. Um, and then probably... Hawthorn, um, and actually even berberine works real good. You think of berberine as being a supplement just for uh, diabetics or to bring your insulin resistant down. It's actually pretty good for cholesterol and uh, blood pressure as well. Hmm. Um, but I'd say aged garlic is my favorite one. It's also tops with cancer prevention too, so... And uh, note, I said aged garlic, um, not just plain garlic. Um, I certainly take it every day. Um, All right. All right. Well, I hope that helps everybody. Probably some, there's probably some other ones I don't remember right off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's others. All right, guys, we're going to get into the, the comments now. Uh, seeing a lot of uh, familiar faces. Great to see you guys. Uh, great to see you, Victoria. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, see, Mark's got some questions. It's awesome. Iram, great to see you. Roel, uh, great to see you over on YouTube. Um, Coal Miner's daughter is, is here again. I'm so happy to see you. Uh, Jay Jenkins, what's up? Um, okay, so we're going to start. I'm going to see if I can find where we started here. Um, all right, let's start with Keto Bandito. Um, hi guys. I've heard multiple reasons for atherosclerotic plaque, uh, one that blood sugar inflames the arteries and plaque forms as a band aid, 
And the second part is <clears throat> the other is that oxidized and glycated LDL can't be absorbed by the liver, so they end up in the arteries absorbed by macrophages and become plaque. Keto Bandito, you are really testing my vocab uh, tonight. You really are. Glycated, <laughs> it's glycated LDL. That means sugar coated and also macrophages. But yeah, um, yeah, you know, we even check an oxidized LDL measurement in our Cleveland panels. That's that's an important measure. Um, you asked me for it. If you get the Cleveland, I have to put it on there. But um, yeah, it just kind of means like you're caramelizing your your um, endothelium. You're creating plaque because of inflammatory changes that are, in other words, injury, and that plaque starts to block things off and then it can get inflamed rupture and cause a heart attack um so yeah and you know the the cholesterol thing is a real is a real problem because you know a lot of people just look at the total but you really need to look at those other measures like how big is the are the ldl particles how big are the hdl particles you want the hdl to be large think of hdl which people think of as good cholesterol as a garbage can that takes away the ldl to the liver and disposes of it um the problem is when the liver can't dispose of it um so if it gets glycated it's, it's harder but so you want you also want large ldl bad cholesterol um or they call it fluffy large particles because they don't stick and penetrate and make holes in the arterial wall that can burrow in and start causing plaque. Because um, you get plaque rupture, it causes heart attacks and strokes. But that's one reason sugar, you know, is the culprit. Um, you know, that's why you don't worry about eating fat so much as you worry about eating carbs. And that's why the Keto Bandito is named the Keto Bandito. He's probably pretty healthy, but we do a... We do a carotid IM, IMT measurement on your carotid arteries once a month. They come up from Atlanta and measure, and uh, it measures the thickness of that uh, interval media part of your innermost lining of your uh, carotid arteries. It's a window into your heart and also your brain. So um, it g gives you a, an arterial age uh, based on how thick and inflamed that is. It also differentiates between the kind of plaque hard versus soft hard plaque usually doesn't go anywhere soft plaque is more dangerous um so great question though so don't eat sugar all right thank you for and look at your other parameters what um, other pre just on pr other like the cleveland heart where it talks about oxidized ldl the and some of the other uh, measures of course crp which everybody measures and um some of the others all right uh misty i see you great to see you again um let's see here uh who haven't i let's see bianca great to see you thanks for for hanging out um okay let's get to uh evangelon here evangelon asks can covid19 temporarily lower alpha one antitrypsin levels I've seen studies saying it can cause NAD plus deficiency as well as lowering hemoglobin and hematocrit levels. 
Yeah, um, it can definitely cause NAD plus deficiency. That's why that's a great supplement to take. As far as I haven't really measured any alpha one antitrypsin levels, um, so it's it's been postulated that it can, um, and but that's why I put everybody on NAD uh, plus gives you energy and NAC. Those are two that work kind of together. Um, but great question. Yeah, I haven't looked into that as much as you have maybe, but um, that's something else. We'll look at that. We'll look at those levels. All right, um, the problem you. is, you know, for average person, they can't afford to check these kind of labs because usually insurance usually doesn't pay for them. But, um, you know, certainly have a lot to do with inflammation. Um, I haven't really seen it make anybody anemic yet. Um, although that I know, but although some people do get anemia with COVID, hmm. I'm not sure if it's due to the NAD or antitrypsin deficiency, but I have seen some people get um, pretty anemic. I think it's due to kidney dysfunction and uh, usually hospitalized patients and maybe because they're giving them that remdesivir, which really, um, affects about half the people's kidneys that they give it to. So, plus it's not really working very well either. Um, All right. Uh, thank you for that question, Evangeline, over on YouTube. That's a great question. Um, Don, what's up from Augusta? Uh, hello to all the, the Georgia people in here. I'm glad to, glad to have you guys hang out. Um, let's see here. Um, Andy on Facebook um, I've heard fluvoxamine is a antidepressant that's great for inflammation, like brain barrier. Um, yeah, yeah, we use a lot of fluvoxamine, which is um, the brand name is Luvox, and we use it's an it's a serotonin drug SSRI, but it's kind of geared toward treating OCD, um, something that you have a little bit of being up. I noticed through the years. <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, we, sometimes we, some people use it first line for COVID treatment. I've certainly used it, especially if you're getting a lot of, um, because it does cross blood brain barrier, it, especially if you're getting a lot of psychological changes with it and, you know, anxiety, depression, overstimulation, of that sympathetic nervous system, which definitely COVID does. So, um, you want to stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system more and so you can relax. But, um, yeah, I mean, it definitely, it's, it's almost a first line treatment. A lot of people circles, look at the frontline doctor's protocol and it's in there. Um, and I've, I've certainly used it. I don't use it on every new COVID patient. I have to feel that out. That's why I like to talk to them and, you know, one size doesn't fit all and I, you don't have to use it for very long. And some people don't feel good on it. Some people get a little nauseated on it and, and all, but, uh, but, um, great question. Yeah, it's, it's used for that. All right. Thank you for that question. Uh, over on Facebook, um, Brandy asks, um, is L phrenylalanine, lanonine, uh, like a more natural alanine, phrenylalanine, uh, and natural, is it, is it like a natural phenamine? Cause I, I see your comment there, Brandy. Um, yeah, yeah, that's one. That's one that kind of acts like that, you know, mm -hmm. without all the 
oversympathetic um, stimulation. But yeah, it is. What's sure the pronunciation is. of that? L-phrenylalanine. L-phrenylalanine is like a natural phenamine. All right. Uh, thank you for, for that brain. Randy always put something good in there. That's a great question. Um, I'm just okay. glad she's still around. I mean, I really am. <laughs> uh, Nancy asked, do you recommend CoQ10 for patients that are on a statin? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a mandatory, mandatory. All statins deplete CoQ10. Okay. That's that's universal. You know, I recommend it for most people anyway, but definitely if you're on a statin. I had one patient today that, and I measure the CoQ10 level on the Cleveland Heart Panel, and sure enough, it was very low. Um, actually, I saw another patient. I looked at their Cleveland, and they didn't even have heart disease. They just had 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 an episode of AFib, and the cardiologist put them on a statin thinking they need protection, even though they had no coronary artery disease. And their total cholesterol is like 120, you know, which is way too low. You don't want your cholesterol under 140 because, um, you know, you need, you need cholesterol for your brain and for your cell walls. You need cholesterol. Um, not that a statin, somebody with known heart disease, like a stent or a bypass, um, or that's had a heart attack may not have some effects in protecting and that stabilizing that plaque and maybe even resolving some plaque. So it's not, I'm not totally against them in certain patients. I use them in patients, but usually use a low dose Crestor, um, which is more uh, water soluble, safer, less side effects, but CoQ10. Yes. Great question. Nancy. Everybody. Thank you for that. Um, At least 200 milligram for anybody on a statin. At least 200 milligrams of CoQ10. Yeah, if you're on a statin. All right. Check levels. Uh, Angel asks, I hear a lot of good things about olive leaf extract. Uh, what is your opinion? I love it. Yeah, it's a great. I'm kind of blanking out on what I use it for, but um, but somebody can pitch in a little bit if you want. But um, but yeah, that's a, that's a really good. I'm trying to remember the last time I told somebody to take that, what it was for. Um. Man. Uh, oh, well, yeah, well, um, Lyme disease. He's a, I recommend it for Lyme disease. Huh. Um, how that works for that, I don't know. But we'll probably get some feedback here in a minute on other things people take it for. But yeah, if um, you have that's the main one that I've used it for is Lyme disease. If you have, um, if anybody out there uh, knows a lot about olive leaf extract, put that in the comments uh, for Angel, and I'm sure others are. Uh, want to know as well. Um, Jay Jenkins on YouTube asks, if you've had a lot of radiation exposure from imaging, what can you do to repair damaged DNA to help prevent cancer later? Thank you. Um, well, you, of course, you want to detox. One thing I think is great is the infrared sauna. I think that helps a lot. And red light therapy, I think, helps. Um, I like NAC as a detoxer um and do those other things that uh, i think d and c will help that omegas help it um you know just make sure you don't do anything else that causes you to get a lot of inflammation in in your body um so yeah that's why 
gosh, I used to know old timey radiologists, their hands are just eaten up by all the, the, uh, the imaging they had to do with, uh, all the, I forget what they called it back then, but in the old days, um, but uh, they didn't wear the gloves. They didn't wear the leg gloves when they had the image and they got terrible looking skin from it, skin cancers and, and all that. But that's a great question. Of course, monitor your exposure. You have to wear the buttons and keep a close eye on that. But uh, for some reason, the infrared sauna keeps poking out at me hmm. to do. I love Knack. I love Knack. All right, thanks for that, Jay Jenkins. Uh, coal miner's daughter asks, good evening from Southwest Virginia. What's up to all the Southwest Virginia people? How do you personally diagnose and treat POTS? I've suspected I've had it for years now. Uh, no doctor I ever saw knew what was what it was when I mentioned it. I have chronic low blood pressure. Uh, hey, you may have POTS. Um, POTS is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. I've seen a lot in long COVID patients, but usually it's seen more in younger females. And what happens is that you faint a lot. And, and they used to diagnose it. Formally, you, you need to go to a cardiologist and get on a tilt table. They tilt you upside down, then bring you back up. And your blood pressure won't drop, but your heart rate goes way up. It's like a tachycardic syndrome. Your heart rate goes way up there. So, um, and you can almost diagnose it yourself. I've diagnosed some just by laying them on a table and then getting them up and measuring their blood pressure and heart rate while they're laying down and get them up real suddenly and do the same thing. If their pressure, blood pressure doesn't drop much, but their heart rate remains elevated, 170 range usually is what I see it, then they probably have POTS. The treatment, the first treatment you can do is, I saw a POTS patient today. Um, is eat a lot of salt, you know, um, don't get dehydrated, but pour the salt on everything. And I love Redmond's real salt. It's a, it's a particular good, tasty form of sea salt. Um, some people use Flornef, which, uh, is a heavy hitter to raise your blood pressure. A lot of side effects. Um, um, now I'm using a new medicine, uh, that I prescribed a couple times already. I learned it in that post-long hauler COVID syndrome. It's um, it's hard to spell, but I'm blanking out on it. But it's um, Avabradine, I-V-A-B-R-A-D-I-N-E, and it lowers the heart rate without causing side effects. Avabradine. Uh, mm. It's a drug most people have never heard of. The two I've prescribed it so far i've had to get their pharmacist to order and it was kind of expensive but they're going to give it a shot and see how it works for them because pots is is it's hard to treat um but definitely lay the salt on you know the other the other condition i see a, a low blood pressure in but usually not tachycardia is um adrenal fatigue so measure cortisol levels and maybe do a salivary uh cortisol spit test four times during the day. See what your cortisol levels are. Um, you don't have to have Addison's disease to have uh, adrenal dysfunction, but try salt first. That's a, that's a cheap way to do it. And um, a great question. And if you want, you're right. You, most doctors never heard of pot syndrome. 
if you want to learn Channel. more, we did a we did a really good um, outside the box episode um, with Dr. Mark Ellis, who's a um, a functional chiropractor in Atlanta, um, where we really dive deep into POTS. So if you want to learn more about POTS, that's definitely a, a good place to, to start. That's on the, the YouTube channel. Um, okay, I see Iram asks, what's niacin for? Um, niacin is uh, just, it's, it's a form of vitamin B3. Um, and... It, it's it's really a vasodilator. It that's another thing that will lower your blood pressure, but it's 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 more like it stimulates you to um, kind of um, vasodilate your arteries. Now there is there's different forms of niacin though. The niacin will also it's great for lowering your cholesterol. But there's a flush form and a non-flush form. The, the flush, the problem with niacin is that it, hardly anybody can tolerate it because it flushes you too much. Like it's over the counter, vitamin B3. And people take it to lower their cholesterol. I put a lot of people on it when I don't want to put them on a statin. But if, unless you start out really slow, you'll never, you'll think you're having an allergic reaction and go to the ER for it. Many times I've seen patients do that. Over the counter, it comes in 500 milligram. I order it in a hundred milligram tablets and I give it at night with a, an aspirin and they go to sleep. If they flush a little bit, they'll sleep through it. Start out at hundred milligram, work your way up every four nights by another hundred milligram to get to grams. Sometimes I've gone to two grams. And you'll get kind of used to the mild amount of flushing you have with this. But niacinamide is another form of um, uh, vitamin B3 that has some other good effects and it won't flush you. But it will not lower your cholesterol. Um, but it's great for your arteries as well. But um, So great question. That's a great question on niacin, vitamin B3. Thank you for that, Aram. Um and Ro Roel um, asked, will this be saved? Yes, this, this will be saved on, uh, uh, this video will be saved on the YouTube channel as well as uh, uh, Facebook. Um, okay, Mark asks, in May of 2021, the American Thoracic Societies addresses nucleic acid-based testing for non-influenza non viral pathogens on community-acquired pneumonia. Do you think this can be used in the diagnosis of covid organizing pneumonia and COVID pneumonia? I don't know, but, you know, I have read that article and um, there's, there's going to be a lot of post-COVID pneumonias um, that I think you're going to be more predisposed to have pneumonia if you've had COVID. Um, I'm not sure about the jab yet, but I think that's a good possibility as well. I think we're going to have a hard winter. I really do with a lot of pneumonia, bacterial, viral, maybe fungal. Um, so you want to do everything you can to kind of diagnose and treat early uh, with antibiotics, antifungals, antivirals. Um, the nucleic acid testing is probably the way to go. Um, you know, there's um, there's some nasal swab tests you can do that will tell you that. Um, if you have COVID, if you have 
influenza, if you have um, RSV, um, you know, it's kind of all in one little, little ticket there. Most of the urgent care centers have them now. Um, so yeah, great question. But maybe a hard, hard winter for pneumonia. Um, Thank you for that question, Mark. And I'm going to go down to... It's called see. a fourplex test that uh, they run on that, that swab. Fourplex. All right. Hope that hope that helps. I guess um, it gets mycoplasm too. So those are the four things it stands for. All right. Uh, Kathy asks, when taking your blood pressure, which arm is most accurate? Seems it's always different on each arm. Do you have a suggestion for this? Um, I would say they're both accurate, but if you have a wide discrepancy, but if you take your pressure in one arm and you take it in the other, and the other one's way higher or way lower. You need that worked up. You may have something like thoracic outlet syndrome, uh, where you, where your arteries are getting squeezed, usually by an extra cervical rib. It usually has to be taken out. But so if there's a major discrepancy, especially if you get a lot of symptoms down your arm, then that's something that needs to be looked at with some imaging studies. So great question. And um, I've never actually thought of that question. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that, Captain. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, when you measure your blood pressure, measure your heart level. You know, say that sure one more time. Make sure when you measure your blood pressure, right or left, um, measure it. Have your arm at heart level. Okay. All right. Hope that helps, Kathy. Um, Barbara asks, "I have an irregular heartbeat from time to time. I take a Tylenol for that." Uh, Tylenol. Tylenol. <laughs> Man, I'm getting I'm getting way tested. I'm gonna have to start like studying before before we jump on here. Um, atenolol. <laughs> Sorry, Barbara. Uh, I take atenolol for that. Uh, will CoQ10 make it worse or help to alleviate it? Um, you know, there was an interesting article about taking CoQ10 that I read last week about preventing migraine headaches. Believe it or not, migraine headaches are sometimes associated with tachycardia, but um, um, I'm not sure CoQ10 is going to help irregular heartbeats. Um, you know, um, CoQ10 kind of help your mitochondria produce more ATP, adenosine triphosphate, where all energy comes from. It's a molecule. It's the energy molecule. But um, the irregular heartbeat from time to time, everybody has throws PVCs, premature ventricular contractions, a lot. Maybe more in some people that are anxious or drink caffeine or um, take certain medications like stimulants. But um, I mean, if you're having AFib, that's something you got to look at. Or SVT run, or especially if you're getting syncope with it or fainting spells. Um, so um, it just depends. It seems like most people have irregular heartbeats at night when they lay down and they're listening to it. But a tin loss, which is a beta blocker, will certainly slow your heart rate and it'll promote a regular rhythm. Um, but I'd take CoQ10 anyway. Um, it's, it's very good for your heart. Your heart's a muscle and, um, you know, it'll strengthen your heart. I'm not sure it's going to, I'm not sure what kind of irregular heartbeat you have, but if you have any symptoms with it, then you need to get that worked up with a halter, maybe an echo and that type of thing. But great. Good question. 
Take CoQ10 and see if it helps. All right. Thank you for that, Barbara. Um, Misty on Facebook asks, is collagen a good supplement to take? If so, what is the best one to take? We like keto collagen that we carry in our office because um, it doesn't have any sugar or carbs in it. Yeah, I love collagen. This collagen is good for your skin, for your joints, for your bones, for your muscles. Uh, collagen is awesome to take. Um, put a lot of people on collagen. Uh, so Great. keto collagen, um, I'd like to say hello. Because it has all the different types in there. There's certain for skin. There's type one, two, and three. I think it has all three in it. So uh, I keto like, mama or keto, keto mama. Keto mama. So glad you're doing this. Thank you so much, keto. Is keto mama related to keto bandito? I would guess not. Um, we need an answer on that. But, uh, but I'm just thankful that they're there and they like the show. Keto uh, mama is keto bandito's mom, probably. <laughs> You think? Um, all right, let's get to the next she question. She raised a here. good son. If she if she is, she's raised a good son. All right, Remy asks. Or keto Bandito may be a woman. I don't know. No, Keto Bandito is a man. I thought. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's um, probably Keto Bandito's mom. <laughs> Thank you for that comment. Thank you for that. Um, when given early treatment to your patients who have COVID, do most of them have a shorter recovery period versus the ones who may have waited? Also, what symptoms have you seen in patients with COVID who have been taking the recommended vitamins as prevention versus those who don't? Um, yeah, definitely. When you treat early, it seems to have a, a shorter recovery period um, than the ones who have waited. Um, you know, how people do with COVID really depends on their pre-morbid conditions like they're morbidly obese or low vitamin D or, you know, diabetics, uh, people with heart disease, uh, elderly patients. The two things that stand out are obesity and, and low vitamin D, but and certainly uh, treat early, better, better recovery in almost every case. Um, I'll have had one or two that nothing really helped much and they had to go to the hospital. Um, also, what symptoms have you seen with patients COVID who've been taking? Um, I think the people that take vitamins always do better than the people that don't. People that take D, C, and zinc, they just don't get sick a lot. You know, um, they just have a stronger immune system. Um, you know what's um, one thing that's interesting? We we did a um, a podcast episode with, um, shoot, now I'm, now I'm blanking with Jeff, uh, with Jeff Thomas, um, who, uh, used to, to work with, um, life extension. He might be, might be watching. What's up, Jeff, if you're, if you're watching. Um, and he recommended an immune protect, um, in addition, um, from life extension, which I found interesting. Um, I might start, uh, looking into to that as well. So, uh, thank you for that question, Remy. Um, Let's see, this is a hormone question uh, from Kathy. When using estrogen pellets, why is 10 milligrams the highest dose that you use? Oh, that's, that's a great question. That's not the highest dose. You know, when I first started doing pellets many years ago, um, I was taught to use a higher dose, uh, but I found that um, the levels got too high and people had a lot of bleeding problems with it, breast tenderness. You don't want to over-estrogenize somebody. That's when you start getting a lot of symptoms. You know, I've done thousands of pellets. So really I found that I didn't really have to use 
a real high dose and patients felt better on it. They got the same assumedly bone protection and symptomatic relief um, as well. Uh, but you know, that estrogen progesterone ratio is real important. And, uh, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. Sometimes I will use hard, you know, heck I used to use 50 milligrams, but it just, you know, too many people had complaints about it and I don't think you need that much. Um, and then I, cause I've seen people, I've seen other practitioners that do this and I've seen them come into my office to straighten out and their estrogen level will be six to 600 to 800 for a year or two. You know, it takes that long to degrade it in a lot of cases. And it's hard to, you have to really hit them with high doses of progesterone and it's still just barely dense it. So you don't want to get too much estrogen. Mm. There's, there's, there's moderation in everything. Certainly with hormones, I find that to be very true. Um, great question. But I will use higher in some cases. And I'll, I'll follow levels, you know. All right. Thank you for that, Kathy. Um, Donna asks, is ice cream safe for an 85-year-old with interstitial lung disease? What dose and how many times a week prophylactic? Yeah, it's safe. Um you know, probably once a week, and the dose is dependent on the weight. For prophylaxis, I use 0.2 milligram per kilogram uh, dose. So it depends entirely on the weight. Um, you know, for me, it's about 15 milligrams. Admittedly, I've taken it twice a week during the Delta surge, but hopefully once we settle down, I'll go back to once a week. Great question. I sure. Think- I mean, those, those are the people you want protected the most. So you said 0.2 per kilogram? Yeah, 0.2 milligram per kilogram. 0.2 milligram per kilogram. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that, Donna. Um, let's see here. I'm going to go. Um, all right. Keto Mama has a question. Uh, what do you think about CBD oil? You actually mentioned CBD oil to me uh, this week um, for, for something. What was that for? We talked about oh Steve. for uh for um well using it for dementia that's right okay yeah and also maybe a little ADHD yeah uh, which can increase your frequency of dementia um, but uh, I love CBD oil you know it's um it's something that uh, I think either works or it doesn't you know there's a lot of different people putting CBD oil there so a lot of the quality and is matters it's like the wild west out there with cbd oil everybody and their mama keto mama are using it but um uh, so get a good quality uh, there's there's several out there um out there i like it it seems to help relax some people helps pain may help them sleep a little bit but get a good quality one um and see how see how you do it. it's safe very safe all right. Thank you for, for that question there. And, if you th- and here's one other caveat. If you hear Delta 8, which is uh, a lot of people say, I'm, this Delta 8 really works. The Delta 8 it actually has some THC in it, you know, more than the 0.3 that is legal. So, but it's, it's legal on a technicality because, um, because it's an 8 isomer or something. So it is legal. And some people say it's potent. So if the regular stuff doesn't work, 
try some of that if you can get a hold of it. Some of the CBD shops sell it, uh, but don't take it and go out and dry because it could, it has, it has some THC in there. So maybe it'll psychoactive, but a uh, great question. I want to um, put this up here from Robert um, because he, he, he's talking about olive leaf and uh, there was a question earlier about olive leaf on Facebook. So they might not be seeing uh, this comment. Um, so olive leaf extract benefits, cardiovascular, high blood pressure, diabetes, brain function, antifungal, um, antiviral and antibacterial. So, so thank you for that, Robert, for putting that awesome. up there. Um, hopefully that helps. Um, it's supposed to be pretty potent. All right. Yeah. So yeah. Great. I love it. Um, okay. Let me f see if I can find a few more questions here, then we're going to sign off. Um, uh, Evangelon makes a comment. Thank you for this, Evangelon. I've heard that taking quercetin with niacin will help reduce flush. Um, that's a that's a great suggestion there. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Good. Jack on YouTube asks, I've been on NAC for years and just learned about it being removed as an over-the-counter. When I run out of my supply, how can I get it? That's a great question, Jack. Uh, we've we've actually had yeah. it, quite a few people ask that. Yeah, we there's a tremendous backlog of it. We finally have it in there. You know, <clears throat> the best form of it <clears throat> that we have is uh, called anti-alcohol. It actually has 1,200 milligrams of NAC in it, plus some selenium, some milk thistle, and some zinc. So maybe that's the way we have to get around it. But, yeah, they're, um, they're wanting to take NAC off as a supplement, although it's been a supplement for 60 years, and it's also a prescription medicine. Um but, and if you'll refer to my podcast on NAC, explain more of it. But, um, yeah, I, you're going to be able to get it. I'm certain they, they can't end that. It's funny that anything that works for COVID, they want off the market for some reason. Can you have a guess as why? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just postulating, but uh, maybe because it works. I don't know. Thank you for, for that question, Evangelon. Appreciate you. I certainly don't want you taking the ice cream or knack, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> Evangelon has, has, a, has a question here. I want to get to this. Um, thoughts on low-dose naltrexone. I'm really glad you asked this. We, we just put up a video on LDN with, uh, with Robin Riddle. Uh, we have a show called Explain This, and uh, we've talked about LDN quite a bit. And I just want to hear you talk about it too, Dr. Rogers. Like, oh, what's your thoughts it. on that's this? A, I love low-dose naltrexone. Uh, which is an opiate antagonist and we use it for a lot of autoimmune diseases. It just, it's a great, very safe medication. You don't want to take it if you're taking opiates, of course, but it's such a low dose. It's not going to cause a side effect. You may have some weird dreams on it. Usually take it at night, but I love it for a lot of reasons. I even use it uh, for long COVIDs. It works really good for that. H1, H2 antihistamines. I use them. You know, we use, uh, my two favorite are Pepsid and Zyrtec. I put all the COVID patients on it. And I've been taking it prophylactically as well. Um, nebulized glutamine. Uh, you mean glutathione or glutamine? Uh, I suppose you mean glutathione. Um, you know, we use some IV uh, glutathione uh, push after we give like a Myers cocktail or something. But nebulized glutamine you may have to educate me on that one it's the same thing as glutathione um but could be glutamine i'm not sure if that's the right spelling on that or not but maybe 
Maybe something I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to that, Evangel. We're going to try to get to as many as we can here in the next minute or so. Uh, Nancy asked, did Dr. Rogers say not to take ivermectin with uh, ivermectin? Ivermectin with NAC? Uh, what was your, uh, real quick, you didn't say that, did you? No. I said not to take ivermectin with, with quercetin. Okay. You can take them the same day, but just space the doses out at least six hours. It won't interact, but it just won't make the ivermectin as effective um, with it. So, yeah, they're certainly compatible. Just don't take them at the same time. But it was uh, uh, didn't have anything to do with NAC. That was... Um, um, and Evangelon says glutathione. Glutathione, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, nebula, you know, nebulized glutathione is probably a great thing. I just haven't been able to get any of it. Um, you know, we do IV pushes of it, but um, certainly glutathione, it's hard to absorb. So um, anything you do nebulized is probably better. Um, it gets in there, but yeah, that'd be, if I could get some, I'd probably, probably do it. Um, all right, let's. Uh, I got to put this up because this is my this is my grandmother. Uh, I hope Grandma Mary's still with us uh, in the show. She she said this earlier on in the show. Uh, Grandma, I love you. Uh, thank you for for hanging out with us uh, tonight. Uh, great to see you here. Jenny will be there tomorrow in the mountains. So Mama, I'll send you a bunt cake. Uh, it's a lot of sugar, but I know you love them. So I'm going to be sending you a bunt cake. There you so. go. Bunt cake is coming your way, Grandma Mary. Um, okay, let's get she one one more in. Um, let's see if I can find. If I missed you tonight, I'm su super sorry. Um, let's see where where am I? Um, well, maybe I. Okay, real real quick, what's your thoughts on um, on MCT oil? Yeah, I love it. Medium chain triglyceride oil. Good fat, great fat. It's great for your brain. I love it with uh, patients with dementia, especially, and even patients with uh, autism. I like it. Um, so it's a good fat. I used to put it in my coffee in the morning back when I drank bulletproof coffee. Now that I do intermittent fasting, I like that better. But certainly, sometimes I'll add MCT oil on my coffee uh, or my smoothie in the afternoon. I just don't do it while fasting. I like the intermittent fasting, but fantastic uh, supplement. Real quick, best best sleep OTC for insomnia. I guess you'd have to say melatonin. And, yep. You know, that's one of my favorite. All right, let's get to, to um, uh, I'm not sure where, uh, Carol, good question. What if I have high cholesterol and high uh, triglycerides? Uh, I'm not sure what that's in reference to. Um, I apologize. Um, if you if you clarify that, come, in, come in and get a Cleveland, and we'll look at the, you know how the breakdown is oh. of your. So just say you have high cholesterol may not mean anything. If you have a high triglycerides, then take fish oil or lower it and eat less carbs. Okay, I, I think they're talking about uh, taking MCT oil. Uh, oh, I don't worry about that too much. You know, just I mean certainly recheck it, but. It may raise your cholesterol too much, but I don't worry about that a whole lot, to be honest with you. Um, All right, one more for Remy, uh, and then we're going to head out, guys. Uh, one more question. My mom has multiple myeloma. She's dealing with uh, with thrush really bad. Um, is there anything natural that may help? She's taking some subscription mouthwashes and other topical ointments. Of course, 
cut out, you know, try to go as keto as you can. You know, yeast loves sugar. Um, cancer loves sugar. Um, you might, you know, there is, Life Extension does make a, a, a probiotic that's just dissolves on your tongue. And it, it works pretty good for thrush. Um, I forget the name of it, but if you just look up Life Extension um, throat probiotic or mouth probiotic. Um, but certainly look at the diet a lot. Sometimes we have to use nystatin. Uh, she's probably been on that. Um, Diflucan sometimes. Um, anybody know anything else natural out there? You may even try olive leaf extract. Talked about that tonight. That may be one thing that may help you. Um, All right. Um, thank you for for that question, Remy. Um, we're gonna we're gonna cut it off there, guys. Um, if I missed you, uh, I'm so sorry. Oh, there 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 was a question about how you um, how do you dose CBD oil? Um, I, I I must have. Well, that. it comes in droppers and it comes in gummies and um, it usually comes in a dropper. But start out like with half a dropper under your tongue at night. Um, take it at night to see if it relaxes you and all. Um, different i can't tell you the milligrams or anything because i don't know they're all different concentrations but um start out at half the dose on the dropper half a dropper and then titrate up is is the way yeah. i understand it yeah all right guys that is gonna Stay. that's gonna do it for tonight we really appreciate y'all uh hanging out with us if i if i miss your question i'm so sorry uh i'm gonna go through uh the comments tonight and see what we missed and that'll be first up uh, i know we got a uh, clarify some things. Um, I've had those written down. Uh, so we're going to be back Tuesday night. Uh, next Tuesday, we'll be here at 7. Uh, 7 o'clock Tuesday, we do this live Q&A every single week. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, Joy, I see you. Great to see you. Thanks for hanging out. Um, and man, this has just been such a fun show. I feel like I'm getting smarter just by trying to read the questions. So, uh, so I appreciate that. Dr. Rogers, I appreciate your time today. Um, and Thank we're going to, we're going to see you guys next week. We're heading out. We love you. Uh, if for all the family out there, great to see you. Uh, we'll see Thank you me. guys next week, uh, seven o'clock as always live Q and a, uh, one person, there was a, a question about my email. Uh, my email is Ben at performance .net. Um, if you're still with us, um, I believe it was Karen, uh, Karen asked Ben, uh, the, my email is Ben at performancemedicine.net. Uh, if you have a question that you want on the show, you can email me or just have a question in general. Uh, I try to go through that as, uh, as much as I can. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do that. We put up, uh, two to three new videos every single Tuesday. Uh, today's was on low dose naltrexone with Robin Riddle. And, uh, we did one on, gosh, it's already blanking, uh, Alzheimer's an update on Alzheimer's today. So check those out. Uh, we love you guys. Dr. Rogers, thank you so much. Thanks, uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. All right. See you guys. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.